This episode is brought to you by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number two, three, four. We're recording this live. It's a holiday in Canada. It's May 18th. That's Monday morning, 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as usual, back in native soil. It is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Yes, good to be back in Canada uh, and home. And uh, yeah, there's... Just in time uh, for the holidays. Just in time for the holidays. First yeah. long weekend of what I, I consider this... What, this isn't summer yet. Kids are still in school, but this is the first long weekend. This is where everybody starts planting stuff. And Yeah, but there's been good weather. It's amazing. 27 degrees and sunny yesterday. My goodness. This is something that we've been waiting for for quite some time. This, this long weekend. And it's Victoria Day here in Canada after Queen Victoria because we are all part of the monarchy. If you didn't know that, Canada is, is part of the monarchy. We are led by the Queen. And in fact, if you look at our dollars and our coins, it's Queen Elizabeth II's head that is on most of it. Yes. Well, she's still, it's attached to her body still because she's still reigning in, in, yes. in, in England. But we are part of the monarchy. Yes. There you That's go. It's just a very confusing thing for Canadians. I wonder why we don't have our own identity. <laughs> Except for poutine, poutine, well, and, poutine and, uh, and maple syrup. Poutine, maple syrup, uh, tortière. But that's uh, poutine and tortière is very much the French Canadian side of it. What's the English Canadian side? What, what's unique about us, Asif? Oh, it's a tough I don't know, way man. to start. Oh. We have we have hockey. We have hockey. There's hockey. Yes, there's hockey. Not not so much. Not many Canadian teams left in the hockey playoffs these no. days. Are that's... they still going on? They're still going on. Yeah. yeah. Afternoon games. You know what? That's a, it's like blasphemous. There would never if there's a Canadian team in the in, in the finals here in the playoffs right now, which is the basically the conference finals, they would never, ever, 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 ever put the games at one o'clock on a Saturday and one o'clock on a Sunday. They would never do that. Who who does that except for Americans, right? Because they have to make sure that they're prime It's all about TV. Primetime television doesn't get interrupted by TV. hockey. And, and then Canada, there's the Blue Jays who got swept four straight. Against the Astros, eh? Wow. Not, this is the latest the Astros have been in first in a season in like 22 years. So Crazy. good for them. Good. I'm glad that the Jays can contribute to their success. Really? Yeah. Your video, your video <laughs> froze it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Somebody's got it. It's, it's, you, but you know what? Uh, it, it, one of the most exciting things that is happening this coming week, is if this has nothing to do with location, this has nothing to do with anything, is that the mayor of Montreal is meeting with the commissioner of the Major League Baseball to talk about baseball in Montreal. How great is that? That is exciting. That yes. is exciting. And, you know, we all want that to happen again, but... We do. We'll see. We want we'll a big what... baseball stadium downtown. Bring back the Expos. Let's play some ball in Montreal. That's then, almost exciting as, as, you know, all this, this, this talk about Mike Babcock coming to Toronto. Wow. Well, I mean, he did such a great job with uh, Detroit. He got them into yeah. the playoffs. He got basically a bunch of skeletons, 40-year-old men playing hockey into the playoffs. Didn't do so well, but they got them into the playoffs, unlike the Leafs, who, yeah. who stank, up the, stank up the nation. 
It's Anyhow, like leaf stand. All right, we got we got a lot of other things to talk about. We besides. do big show, big show. Uh, starting off with a see if you you just uh, came back from Melbourne. Uh, where else were you? You were in Sydney, Sydney Hong and, and Hong Kong. What what were you doing down there? Well, we basically had a bunch of events. Uh, so um, the uh, the Australian chapter, uh, we we did an event last year in Sydney. It went very well. And uh, we wanted to follow that up and kind of get things moving again and on a little more consistent basis. So I went down there and met with the uh, – well, we planned with the team, uh, the, the, t- the guys down there from Proximity, uh, the agency who are sort of our, our, our feet on the ground. And uh, we put on an event in Melbourne, which was very well attended. Um, great, uh, great turnout, great uh, questions. So really excited uh, about that. It was actually my first time in Melbourne. Wow. Uh, hadn't been there before and a uh, beautiful place. And uh, yeah, then uh, cold though, like it's their winter now. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it's like, uh, hey, we, we had that in Canada. And, and How does that now- compare to uh, Canadian winters? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. But it, But it was surprisingly like, cold and like super windy it was I, I don't know i would say it was about 10 degrees on average while i was down there yeah. uh in melbourne sydney was better much warmer um you know by like five six degrees warmer and uh but anyhow it was uh it was good um and uh my kids were happy because uh you know, Australia's home of the uh smiggle store and uh so yeah basically bought half the store and then came home and then uh yeah so and they made it here. And then what do you got? Uh, there's some, a couple of events that are coming up for the LBMA? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then I, um, I went over to Hong Kong. Oh, yes. And, and that was awesome, too. Um, the uh, event didn't actually work out so well, but the uh, <laughs> guys have a bunch of great meetings, uh, one-on-one meetings, uh, and the team down there, we did a lot of planning, uh, met with one of the senior partners from KPMG uh, locally, and so they're actually getting uh, behind us, and uh, I'll be back there sometime in the fall. Uh, for a much bigger rollout um, uh, in Hong Kong, the good little thing though is, is I got to uh, meet face to face with the Blue Smart guys um, of the suitcase uh, fame. So I sat down with Brian Chen, who's one of the founders. We had a, a, a good lengthy discussion uh, about where they're at, and they're on track. For when? Uh, they'll be Delivery shipping, when? Uh, August, uh, you know, around around the end of August this year, uh, which is what they said at the beginning. Yep. So they're right there, uh, but he told me like that they're so dedicated to uh, being on time and getting this product out um, and just meeting the needs of, of these orders. They're not interested. Like I said, hey, you know, you want to come on the show? Oh, you want to do this? You want to do that? You know, I got all these potential partners for you. Nope, no, no, no. We just got to deliver on what we said we were going to deliver on. We're not taking any marketing partnerships. We're not doing this stuff right now until we're we, you know we you know we're you know we do what we said we we're going to do. Good for them. They. Uh, they, like they have three hundred thousand plus orders, and a thousand thing. bucks a pop, basically. Yeah, about no, about three hundred bucks a pop. Oh, okay. So, something like that, right? But um, you know, so so they're they're over there, and 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 to show their dedication, okay. So there's, I think there's like twelve guys on this team. Oh my god! And they were they were in New York. They were some of them were in New York. Some of them were in uh, San Fran, and a couple of the founders were in Argentina, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took the entire team. The entire team, all twelve, and their families or whoever, whatever they had, you know, loved ones, whatever, and everybody's moved to Hong Kong for the next six months to make sure that they're all in one place and they're all working together and they get this thing done. My God, yeah, good for them. Yeah, we're just doing a back of the envelope uh, little calculation here when you're talking about a um, little bit of math, which means I'm pulling out my calculator. They had three hundred thousand orders. 
Yeah. So that's like, um, no, they couldn't have done $90 million in revenue already. I, yeah. Mike, come on. Crazy, right? Steve, what are we doing? I don't know. Don't we know did like $8 in revenue with this podcast last year. <laughs> Anyhow, but uh, great guys. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to, Brian will be on the show. He, he agreed he'll come on the show in the next, ship. next yeah. few weeks. No, no, oh. he'll come on the show and just talk about what they're doing and all that. He just didn't want me taking any photos or doing anything while I was out there. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Because so, we have people... a lot of competitors right now, as you oh, might imagine. Yes. So about events, um, we had a New York event scheduled for this coming week, uh, um, but it's been postponed uh, to June the 9th, uh, so just mark that uh, if you're planning on attending the New York event, it's now on June the 9th. Uh, and then uh, in, in you know another week or so, um, on the uh, 20, let me make sure I'm giving you the right dates here, the, um, oh geez, um, 27th and 28th, 27th and 28th of May. I'll be over in Sweden. Uh, we have two events happening. Uh, there's an event in uh, Malmo uh, in Lund uh, area on the 27th. And then on the 28th, there's an event in Stockholm that's hosted by the agency called Workshop. Um, so those are up in the LBMA uh, site. You can check that stuff out. Um, and uh, that's, that's what's happening in the next week. And then right after that, I'll be in, uh, in Singapore for Communic Asia, a uh, big, big event. Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff over there. Um, uh, as part of the Communication agenda and and the LBMA uh, working together, so uh, that's the next two weeks right there. Done. Huh. Then I'm not going anywhere. Then I'm on holiday. Till when? No, I'm just kidding. There's still stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that holiday means you're going to stay in North America, right? Yeah, holiday holiday will start like effectively holiday starts like the third week of June, yeah. somewhere around there. It's been a this has been a crazy six months. I, I I don't know if I've ever seen it this busy for you. So yeah, I'm glad that we can continue doing this. You know, I was just building a fence. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I just got to say one last thing is that um, before we get into our top ten stories, we got a great resource, uh, which is uh, which is um, obviously why I'm wearing this this shirt. It's the Think Near Location Score Report, and Chuck. Martin and I actually had a good conversation about that. We're going to use that as our resource, and our, our guest, Chuck, is going to be talking about the uh, location score report. Yep. He's got some great insight from there. And uh, But before I did, I, you know, I had the, the moment uh, that I think was epiphanous for me, which around um, Periscope this past yes. couple of days, is that Periscope, as you know, just and also Meerkat, these are these live streaming applications that, that allow you to stream your life. And, and I've, we've seen a lot of garbage that have come from it. We've seen a lot of very interesting things. I've, I've you know, watched Chris Hadfield jam in his in his home studio late at night, or he's, he's you know, I've watched Chris Hadfield put in front of my kids, and he's taught my kids about some kind of something to do with space. And it's fascinating because it's real time. It's educational. And then I've also seen people, you know, taking off in airplanes and, you know, streaming their walk to work. So it's not, not as useful. But then the, this guy, Mitch Slater, mm -hmm. who is a uh, Springsteen historian. He's been to 250 shows. He's been a guest on all these different shows around Springsteen. He's a fan of it. He actually was at this uh, um, a, uh, uh, a fundraising event on the weekend on Friday night. And you know what he did? He live-streamed Springsteen and the Seeger Sessions Band reuniting, doing four songs, and he live-streamed it on Periscope, and I'm a believer. And the only thing that it brings up is this insane copyright protection challenge. Yeah, I was going to say. My God, he was standing front row, Springsteen singing in front of him with the Seeger Sessions Band, and I'm thinking, this is not going to go well. We're going to go back to that world where no cell phones are allowed inside the stadiums again, and I think it's going to be a tough thing, but it was amazing. 
And uh, all of a sudden, I came back to that side of loving Periscope just because of Springsteen. Take Springsteen to change the world, man. Amazing when it uh, you know when you get to see something that you want to see and it's uh, but if you're the, if you're the label oh not so happy about that yeah you're but, you know what but my first reaction was there's got to be a Periscope stream of this and there was like isn't that like that's the world we live in is that I, I was watching it on Twitter and I'm like no 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 Twitter's not good enough what I need to do is there is a Periscope stream and all of a sudden mm. there was and um, so somebody somewhere always will be streaming something somewhere always love it. All right, so our top ten stories received. That was my that was the big epiphany for me with with Periscope, and that statement is now copyrighted. So don't don't you can use it anywhere you want. All right, our top ten stories start right this moment. Hold on one second. We've already talked about Springsteen. We've talked about Asif's tra crazy travel plans. We've also talked about what's coming on the show. The last thing we have to do is listen to a word from our sponsor, and then we'll get into the top ten stories. I promise. So here is our sponsor, Think Near. This episode is brought to you in part by ThinkNear. Here's Lauren Hilberg, president and GM of ThinkNear by Telnav, to remind us what they do. ThinkNear is a location-based advertising network. We provide our clients and customers a great opportunity to get their advertising directly to the individuals who are most likely to act on it. Part of the beauty of what ThinkNear does is to help use location to find your audience and then put the right message in front of them at the right time, at the right place. I know what you're asking, will this work for me? Brett Cohn, VP of Marketing at ThinkNear has that covered. Every mobile campaign has the ability to leverage location to do a better job of reaching your audience. ThinkNear worked with a large CPG company that has a health-focused cereal brand to help pinpoint their audience by city and then by neighborhood. Right again on how that was set up. People who might be visiting Tahoe to ski in some of our ads in the, in the Northern California area. Southern California, we talked about um, King Can King's Canyon and other outdoor uh, adventure areas near that locality. And what you start to see is you're hitting a, a specific neighborhood that fits your audience. You're contextualizing the ad creative to make it more relevant to the user. And you start to see higher click rates as well as higher secondary action rates because the ad's more relevant in hitting their audience. Think Near, keeping you fit one ad at a time. And now, back to the show. Our top 10 stories start right this moment. First one is around Fujitsu. We don't, I don't know if we talk about Fujitsu very often. Uh, they're rolling out something called Ubiquitous Wear. Now, if you've seen any kind of movie, sci-fi movie, where somebody's in a pressurized suit or they've got, uh, you, you know, some kind of, uh, uh, you know, electronics in a suit and they're measuring heart rate and temperature and body core temperature and, and all those kind of things, that's what we're talking about here. They've developed a stamp-sized wearable sensor tag that can detect whether users have changed their location or posture. All of a sudden, we sit up a little bit straighter. They've, they've fallen down or experiencing high heat. So think about this from a, a home care or a palliative care or a hospital care world where th this kind of stuff is very important. Or if you sit in your in, at your desk 24 hours a day, 
playing games or working like we do, uh, then all of a sudden you, you should be reminded that your posture is crappy. Like I just, everybody sit up straight right this moment. Uh, so the tags transmit data through blue, uh, you know, low, low energy Bluetooth and can be worn um, as wristbands or location badges or lapel or on lapels or breast pockets, little tags basically. And they can be used by people, including, as I said, people elderly in home care, palliative care, hospitals, workers, those kinds of things where you think that this is important. Like I'm a construction worker and I've just fallen down. That's not so good. I should be, somebody should be alerted right away. They can be attached to objects, uh, inanimate objects like shopping carts or walkers. Uh, they can they connect to the cloud-based Internet of Things platform from, from Fujitsu called Ubiquitous Wear. That's where this all comes through. And it's making its goal is to make IoT applications easier for businesses. They are not rolling out yet. They are beginning to roll out in December, and the cost has not been determined yet. But this is one of those things that if you see that scene, any of these scenes where people are uh, being monitored from within, from the equipment that they're wearing or the clothes that they're wearing i think maybe this is the very beginning of that it's called ubiquitous ubiquitous wear as ubiquitous wear from fujitsu first story cool there you go like it all right our second story so this one actually came from a viewer uh of the podcast show um big story this, big story those? this week I know there's people who actually watch this thing and, you know, think that it's, it's you know, it would be useful to point out, you know, the odd story now and again. So uh, one of those people is uh, Shanna Glenzer. She's the VP of social marketing at a company called Social Radar. And Social Radar wasn't big in the news this week uh, as they announced a, uh, a platform, uh, or an update, I guess, to a platform called uh, Location Kit. This is a, an SDK development platform uh, for um, basically core location services. Uh, and, and so, you know, if you're running in the background of an app and you're trying to figure out uh, you know, anything to do with location insights or analytics, real-time information, um, you, you know, you need some sort of, of mechanism for, for monitoring and tracking that stuff. And so what these guys are trying to do is, is, is act as a bit of a replacement for uh, iOS and Android's, uh, you know, sort of uh, embedded location services by giving you a bit more detail. And you might remember we talked about Social Radar on the show a little while ago because these are the guys who acquired GridSkipper. Uh, and you remember I was on a panel with the uh, founder of Gridskipper, and and he'd just been acquired, I think, like that week, um, and uh, and so we were wondering, you know, where is this going to go? What's going to happen with this? Uh, well, here it is. It, it's it's now part of uh, this location kit. Uh, so basically, if you're a developer, you've now got some code, uh, location tracking, venue recognition as well uh, as part of that. And one of the key things to this, and this is the part that I remember talking to the Gridskipper guys about is uh, it's really, really efficient at uh, battery um, consumption. So, you know, one of the things about location sharing and, and all the location tracking that goes on in our devices, it, it eats battery. Um, and so this is a, uh, you know, something that's been designed, purpose-built, uh, to give you that same kind of location uh, accuracy that you need in, in these apps, but with minimal impact on the, on the battery. So there you go. Um, and and the and, and the accuracy is, is a little bit better too. So I'm just quoting from from the uh, the release here. Um, the uh, this this they 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 say that they can get this. You know, normal location accuracy is between 10 and 100 meters. Social radar's algorithm gets that down to within two meters of of accuracy. So there you go. So better accuracy. Uh, you know, um, location tracking and venue recognition, and most importantly, uh, minimal impact on the battery. 
So there you go. Social radars, location kit. Thank you, Shanna, for uh, for pointing that out. Uh, and thank you for watching the show. There you go. Thank you for watching the show. We have we have somebody who watches the show. There you go. It's amazing. I know. Oh, you know, Asif, I I don't I don't understand why you give me all the pizza stories. <laughs> because I know how much you love pizza, oh. Rob. I know you're like a health fanatic, and pizza is like right there. Pizza, pizza is my is my vice. You're right. I love pizza, but I love good pizza. Um, and, and <laughs> but Domino's is a little bit better than Pizza Hut. Right? Don, like, but on the scale of of you know, focusing on the things like we talked about this, I think last week when we talked about Pizza Hut doing the tracking your driver to to your door, and, and I know Domino's does that as well. But in the scale of things to focus on, did did you know that Domino's is Domino's has a two hundred and fifty person innovation team called, and, and it's for their platform called Domino's Anywhere, any W A R E. Did you know that? I, I I knew they had this innovation team. I didn't know it was 250 people. 250 people. Now, you think that they couldn't take those 250 people and, and put them over into the make your pizza taste a lot better category as opposed to actually trying to figure out ways to jam this kind of stuff into or, you know, innovative, innovative ways to order pizza. Like this is 250 people have put their minds together. And this, my friends, is what they've come up. Now, I'm not saying that, that Domino's is is uh is lagging in technology or implementation i mean they are they also do in australia track the driver to your door kind of stuff that we, i made fun of last week with pizza hut but here now they've taken those 250 minds engineers from around the world this great team this platform that they built up about getting pizza you know enabling pizza delivery from anywhere and they uh created the ability to um get a pizza from an emoji through twitter it's just so damn disappointing. So here's what it is, is that starting on May 20th, U.S. customers only, like it's such a travesty that I can't do this in Canada, of course, because I'm so upset that I can't order pizza from a tweet, but they can actually tweet their order to easy order, hashtag easy order, or, uh, or you can just send the pizza emoji and to at Domino's and a pizza will be ordered. Now, there's a whole process that you have to do before this. You have to log in, you have to identify your Twitter account. You probably have to include a credit card and all that kind of stuff. Register what you like as a pizza. So I'm pretty sure you can order a single type of pizza. Say you like vegetable, veggie pizza without olives. Then that's what you would set up. And you, you basically have to do that. And then at any point in time, you feel like a pizza. Like I'm just passing by. I'm like, man, I feel like a pizza. I'm going to, instead of calling seven or 10 digits, like a phone number, I'm going to type in hashtag E-A-S-Y-O-R-D-E-R. -E I'm actually going to put in 10, nine digits into it, and then I've got to actually type it at Domino's, so there's many more, and, and order my pizza that way. Instead of calling a freaking phone number, uh, you know, I, I, I get so frustrated with this uh, because this is just ridiculous. All they're looking for is PR. Take your 250 engineers, put them in the middle of a kitchen and teach them how and learn how to make a better pizza. And then, you know what? Instead of jamming it in everyone's face and trying to create value by creating an easy way to order pizza and that being your differentiator, make a good pizza and people will come to you instead of being there. The other alarming thing is that now they're looking at Instagram and Facebook to do the same thing, to gum up your feeds with an ability to order pizza. If the product is good, the product sells. If the product isn't good, this is ultimately what happens, is they jam it into your Twitter feed and tell you the innovative ways to do this. And people wonder why I give Rob these stories. I know, it's, it's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not negative of pizza. I'm just negative of no. people. Ah. 
I, I can't bring the same passion to it. That, it's as simple as that. <laughs> it's just pizza. I can't bring the same passion. To Make it good can. pizza. Like, so, I see if you've had good pizza, right? Like, like I have had fantastic we, pizza. We yeah. talk about this all. Like, you know, make good pizza. So I, I think I said this last week. When we go to a hockey arena, we go to a hockey game, and you get the pizza, pizza, cardboard pizza that's been spinning around that tray for so long. And my kids look at me and say, "Dad, I, I like a piece of pizza." I'm like, "No, no, no. We are not wasting pizza on that." Like, if we're going to go and have pizza, let's go and have good pizza. And I think that right. the same way is that, uh, you know, it, it's not. It's like this place. We've got this place. Like, when we go down to Myrtle Beach every summer with the family, there's this, there's this like, one-off little pizza place that's right down by the beach. And, like, like we stop there every every time. You know, we're down at the beach, and then on the way home, we stop there, and we, get like, you know, you pull up, you order your pizza, you wait, like, you know, 30 minutes or whatever in the car. And uh, and then like this pizza comes out. It's piping hot. You take it back, and it's the best pizza you've ever, ever had. Ever, always. But you right? go back every time because you do. It, not so. because it's easy to order. Not because you can do it in fourteen different ways. Not Papa because Luigi. you can push a button, but because it's good. What's it called? Papa Luigi. Papa Luigi. And uh, here for me in in Ottawa, Gabriel's Pizza. You know, when everybody went, they're so important to the city and they're such a good pizza. When everybody went to the the 10-digit uh, phone numbers, you know, with the area code beforehand because we ran out of phone numbers, um, these guys are the only number in the city that does not require the 613 before it. That's how good the pizza is, right? People love this pizza and they'll go back to it all the time. Same with Colonnade here in the city. If you're ever here, Gabriel's and Colonnade, those are the two popular pizzas. Everything else is garbage compared to them. I would love to hear from you guys out there listening or watching. Let's let's push good pizza. Who is your favorite pizza place? Who is it? <laughs> We're doing send, a poll. Send a note. Rob at untether.tv. Yeah. I will publicize it right and, here. And better yet, you know, yeah. no, don't just tell us who your favorite pizza is. Send Rob and I a pie. <laughs> and we'll, we'll be happy. <laughs> Courier us some Test pie. it out and be, and be your taste testers and let oh. you know what we think. If you are interested in any of this, go to anywhere... A-N-Y-W-A-R-E dot dominoes dot com. Anywhere dot dominoes dot com. But I implore you, Domino's. You know what? It would even be better if you did the easy button like Amazon uh, with Domino's Pizza instead, right? There, it's like just put a, put a little anywhere button where you push it. It's like the branded buttons from Amazon. Do that for you so that I can walk in and I can carry that wherever I want to go. Whenever I'm really in the need for a crappy pizza, then I can hit a button. Push the button. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Now, while I can't get as passionate as Robert gets about <laughs> So I can get passionate about this thing that uh, this this app called Tunity. That's T U N I T Y. Really, really like this. So there's a company called Audio Stream TV, and what they're doing is is you, have you ever been to like a you know a pub or a sports bar or an airport, and you're sitting around, and there's like a TV I in the place, uh, and there's like the news is on or some sports broadcast is on, and like there's just so much noise you know around you. Where they've got the the thing on mute, or, you know, it's on closed caption or whatever, and you just you just really want to hear what they're saying on the TV, and you can't, right? You just for whatever reason, you can't hear it. So here comes an app uh, called Tunity, and what this does is it, it basically uses the camera uh, to scan and recognize the broadcast signal, and pairs that up with geolocation to sort out where where and when you are, um, and 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 picks up the actual audio from the broadcast uh, networks. Uh, and delivers that to you through your headphones in, in, in this app. Um, they've already got 80,000 people uh, who've downloaded this app. They've got broadcasters like ESPN, Fox Sports, CNN, and Bloomberg, uh, among others, who've already signed on to, uh, to work with these guys. 
And and for, and you might be sitting there going, why are the broadcasters all over this? Well, because the broadcasters are sitting there. They understand that there's a whole missed audience out there that they're not getting to. In fact, um, you know, I've got some numbers on this. So they say that um, they feel, the executives at these networks feel that they're not getting their fair slice. $65.7 billion is the TV advertising pie. And they feel like there's a whole missed audience out there. Uh, and this is a way to potentially get them. So, you know, if you've been in that in, in that uh, uh, you know mode before, where you're you know you're in front of a screen and you can't hear what's going on, and you want to hear what's going on, check out Tunity. T U N I T Y. I think this is game changing potentially. Uh, I know I would use this. I've been in that situation before, so I'm going to check it out, and uh, we'll see where it goes. And and you know, I think this is something that broadcasters you know should embrace and and will embrace. There's there's some who are sitting out right now complaining about it. But, uh, you know, hopefully you get on board. You know, I, I would use it at home. Can I use it at home? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm getting old. I can't hear the television set. Like, can I use yeah. this at home? Yeah, I, I don't see why not. Tunityapp.com. It's very, it's smart. Smart. It's damn smart. Yeah. I'd use this at the gym. Like, I think that is a very effective use as well because... Uh, yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah. You know, because sometimes they play the, the television. They play the actual images... But they turn the volume down. They say, "Well, why? Why? What's the use of putting a sports show like you know, like TSN Sports Center up there without volume, right?" And then they play their dance music. Five, six, seven, eight. yeah. Tunityapp.com. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know if I can do a better job explaining uh, our fifth story than the company that actually did this. But uh, I'm, I'm going to roll a clip here. This is uh, J.C. Deco. Uh, JC DeCal, depending on what your accent is, uh, this is obviously one of the biggest out, out of home uh, uh, billboard advertisers, screen advertisers on the planet. And here's an example of a company that, with a very highly targeted marketing campaign, uh, and it just shows you that even if you're a big company, sometimes being a big company doesn't mean that you get uh, the audience that you need, especially when, when people think that outdoor, out of home advertising and billboard advertising is on decline. So watch this video, and then we're gonna come back with some very important lessons. JC Decoe, the largest outdoor advertising corporation in the world, gives presentations to inform clients about the possibilities of outdoor advertising. The theme for this year was, even in these modern times, outdoor is still a very effective medium. Every year, we struggle with the same issue. Belgium's leading marketing directors never have the time to attend our presentations. What did we do to convince them? Meet JC Deco's personal billboards. Without asking their permission, we put a photo of each marketing director on a single billboard along with their name and an email address at JC Deco. Then we waited. A few hours later. Actually, I'm really not amused. People are calling me, sending me texts and emails. What is this about? There's this one billboard on Avenue Mozart that's been grabbing my attention all afternoon. What's the purpose? Else, I'll give you a call later today. I saw a billboard of myself and I suspect you're behind this. It's the talk of the town and I think you and I need a proper chat as well. We had them exactly where we wanted and we responded with this email. Sorry if we scared you. We just wanted you to experience the effectiveness of outdoor advertising. As you said it yourself, you got so many reactions from only one single billboard. Just imagine what our entire network could do for your brand. Then we invited them to sign up for our presentation. And why wouldn't they free up some of their time now? After all, they experienced the effectiveness of outdoor advertising for themselves. En tout cas, ce qui me concerne, c'était 100% réussi avec un call to action tout à fait efficace. 
Chapeau pour l'idée créative. So, every single one of them booked a presentation, and we reached a response of 100%. Talk about effectiveness. So, here's a company that's huge, Asif, in size and stature, and they still had to go out and do this. And what I think this is so fascinating is, is that they didn't take out a full-page ad in the newspaper to do this. They didn't do a mass mailers. They used their own tools that they had at hand, and they literally targeted the people that they wanted to. So we talk about this mass marketing world that is now coming to mass micro-marketing, which is one-to-one -one marketing. Literally, I want to market to that person. I know who you are. I want to get to you. That's exactly what they did, and they used their own distribution network to be so effective. I freaking love that they did this. Now, you, you know, it's much better than what we talked about before, which was the, uh, you know, the identify a litter bug and put up a, a poster of them. Uh, we covered that last week. This is actually directed, targeted marketing to basically the 12 chief marketing officers that they were trying to reach and let the audience reach out to them and say, hey, I saw you on a billboard. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And all of them, 100% of them reached out to them and set up meetings. Like that is probably the most Amazing, effective right? marketing campaign I've ever seen. It's so good. It's unbelievable. And, and it's, it's exactly that. They use their own media assets to do this. Um, and, and you know what, it, it's at the end of the day, you know, if you've been ignoring this company and you're the CMO and you're not taking the meeting, well, you know, and everybody's calling you up saying, Hey, I saw your billboard. I saw you there. Da, da, da. Um, you're going to do something about it. Like there's no way you're not going to do something about it. Right. Yep. And, and the fact is, is that, you know, if your email address is out there and people can start <laughs> contacting you and because because these guys you got to remember like the, the people in these positions in these big companies like these are like cmos at coca-cola and mondelez yes. and, and companies like that like their their contact information is not so easy to to get a hold of right it, it's tough right and so um you know because there's all these gatekeepers and there's all these people kind of blocking the way of you getting to getting to these cmos and so like throwing them out there like you know under the bus if you will like just out in public is uh, is awesome. I love it. Um, you know what? What would they have done? Like typically, you would have said, "Listen, all right, we're targeting these chief marketing officers for these big companies. So, wh where do they go? What do they do? So, what magazines do they read? What websites do they go to? What you know? Where do they eat? And all these kind of things. And you would think, like a traditional avenue. And I, I again, we always, I always celebrate the the folks who think a little bit to the left. And I, I just imagine one, one of those one of those marketing people inside of the company thinking. Well, why don't why don't we do this idea? Why don't we put them up as billboards? Like that idea, just stroke of genius. So I, I applaud. It's brilliant, and it shows you. Even if you're a big company like this, it doesn't mean that the doors open automatically to the people that you want to get to. You have to think like this if you're big or small. So I, I commend this. This is great. This I is agree. Great. Yeah, well done. Awesome. Well done. Awesome. All right. Our sixth story. Now, this is uh, this is an interesting one, and it, it's kind of part of the the big theme uh, for for this show this week. It, it's about a, uh, a a product or a company called AutoQ. That's A U T O C U E, and and so what they're doing is this is this is all about using AR uh, augmented reality to create immersive experiences. But this one's very very interesting to me. So requires at least two people and a car. Uh, the app lets you act out classic movie scenes that take place in a vehicle. So basically, uh, it's a meet-your-stranger concept, instant do-it-yourself theatrical experience whenever two people with smartphones meet in a car. Um, so basically, what they do is is you choose a scene from a from a movie, and there's like some some pretty classic scenes here. You've got 
uh, scenes from Thelma and Louise, Harold and Kumar, Blues Brothers. Uh, you can pretend uh, to be Vincent and Jules in Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Um, you know, you, all that kind of stuff. Um, you've got the Wayne's World, Bohemian Rhapsody. Piece, you know, all that kind of stuff that happened in, in, in cars. And you can act these things out in VR, uh, in AR, I guess, not, not VR, in AR. Um, and uh, if you happen to have Google Glass, uh, that works as well. So, like, this is an interesting thing that, you know, the, you can basically, through an app and a car, you can, you can you know, uh, go through this experience of as if you were, you know, in this movie. And you read the lines, like, they prompt you with the lines from the actual movie. So, you're, like, you're reading lines in the script. And, and you feel like you're in this movie and you're like you're playing one of these roles. It's very, very interesting. Um, you know, I, I, you know it, it's definitely not, you know, there's no real practical, uh, you know, side to this. There's no business uh, implications of this just yet. But the fact that you can do this is kind of interesting, uh, especially if you're, you know, if you're a, you know, a movie buff, film buff kind of person and you're, you know, uh, you're one of those people that's, hey, you know, like that movie uh, Pulp Fiction or Thelma and Louise or, you know, whatever, that's my thing, you know, or if you're Rob Woodbridge and, you know, it, it's all about Bruce Springsteen and, and you could like experience yourself up there on stage, you know, singing Bruce Springsteen, um, you know, in, in AR, well then, you know, it can happen. There, there it is. Look at that. It's all about Bruce Springsteen, isn't it's it? It's all about Bruce Springsteen. Ah, uh, see. Yes. Uh, I, I yeah. really like that. Although, you know, if I, the, um, uh, the Wayne's World would be epic in our family. We do that all yeah. the time. We just do that without even without need of augmented reality. No, but it's kind of cool, right? It's um, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, like, I, it's the kind of thing where right now it's it's fun, yep. it's interesting, and if you're like as I long said, long road like, trips, yeah. If you're a movie buff, you might get into this kind of thing. Yeah. I, I could see if it takes off, like there 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 would be a potential way to commercialize this and start to you know license. Hey, you know you you can you can uh, you know experience this scene from this movie and participate in it, and we can charge you a little fee for that. So I do see a potential business model here. So I like that. Um, but there you go. Check it out. Auto Q A U T O C U E. That's uh, that's pretty cool. You know, I it would be for my kids right now. It'd be Teen Beach movie. I don't know if your kids are into this. There you movie. go. Well, for me, it would be Avengers. Avengers. How do you act out the Avengers when you're in a car? It's like, mm-hmm. you gotta have all your kids hanging off the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Hulk popping <laughs> through the sunroof. I don't know if this is this is all of a sudden it's sounding pretty dangerous to me. Right? Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, uh, that's uh, so from Auto Cue to the Doghouse. It's a perfect, perfect, perfect transition. Uh, so I think the auto cue is um, augmented reality. Now this is virtual reality, and this is using the Oculus Rift. And and picture being a part of a scene, a movie scene, and it's exactly what this is. So a bunch of people get together. They could be strangers. They could be people you know, but typically they're strangers. And you you you're taking six at a time into this room, uh, sitting around a table. You put the Oculus Rift on your head, and you basically start acting out the scenes, or you start to be a part of of a movie. Scene. 
scene that's going on. Uh, and each one of those six people around the table have different characters, different th plots, different themes. They're all seeing it from their perspective. And it, you know, it starts off as a as a the one that we're kind of looking at right now. It starts off as a uh, dinner table scene where people are kind of fumbling and, and eating in the movie, but you see them actually doing the stuff in re in real life in a blank room with no food in front of them or no no drinks. Because I don't think you should drink and eat and play with the Oculus Rift right now because of the, maybe you might get a little little queasy. But this is a fascinating way to kind of showcase the, uh, the abilities of the Oculus Rift as well as have a destination where people can go to be a part of this. And I, I when I was a kid, we used to be a kid. Maybe when I was in my teens, we did these murder mysteries. And you can start to see these uh, um, murder mysteries come to light with these Oculus Rifts doing this kind of thing, acting out the scene. And this is a this is a really cool way to create an immersive environment for a place of business. And I think that that's part of what we're going to be talking about as our, um, as our big theme. But this is something called The Doghouse. And it's an Oculus Rift film that you are actually participating in through the Oculus Rift. The Doghouse, Oculus Rift film that you can participate in. Would you do this, Asif? Not sure about that. I don't <laughs> think sure so. About it. I'm not sure. All right. Now, moving on to the world of uh, social networks and friends and all of that, uh, you might remember a company called Uvu. Uh, we talked about these guys, I don't know, way, way, way back when. But uh, they've done something rather interesting. It's called the Uvutique. Uh, this is a boutique uh, that they've set up, physical space uh, in Austin. Uh, it was running from April 23rd until May the 5th this year. Um, and basically what it is, is it, it's, it's a trailer, a branded trailer kind of environment uh, with filled with tchotchkes of all sorts. Um, and uh, you, could, you could go into this thing and you could get you know, free gifts essentially. But in order to do so, uh, the, the payment uh, or the trade basically that they wanted you to make in order to get something was uh, in the form of friends uh, from your Uvu um, you know, network. Uh, your, your Uvu roster of friends that you have on. And so uh, the idea was is that um, you know the more friends you had, the better tchotchke you could get. Uh, all the way up to uh, something um, that they called the 100 grand bar uh, required you to have 100,000 friends. Um, and so there were, you know, basically they were, you know, you were trading your, your, you know, the number of friends that you had within Uvu for a better uh, tchotchke, if you will. So, uh, kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it, it, it kind of sh sh shines a light on this this issue that we've talked about before, which is, you know, the fact that we all have some sort of social currency. We all have some sort of value to uh, to these networks that we've built, uh, and and you know whether or not an organization, a brand, uh, or or a uh, you know a, a media company like this can take advantage of that, or how they take advantage of that is is something that you know I don't think has been explored enough yet. But uh, you know, here's an attempt to do that with this with this thing called the Uvutique. So, what do you think of that, Rob? So it's it's interesting to me. I mean, we looked at these guys uh, a long time ago to replace uh, Skype, right? Way back in the day when when that's what they, they're focused on, and, and they become obviously, as you said, a social network or a social environment. I, it comes back to the fact that that this is a very unique idea. But again, you know, the incentives to use the product have to be that the product is good. The incentives mm -hmm. to eat a pizza has to mean that the pizza is good, right? You know, those are the kind of things. And if you force it down, and and any good marketing campaign, uh, you know, will won't fix 
a company that the product isn't isn't up to par. I'm not saying that Ubu is or is not. So so I, I look at these as always. I, I'm always suspicious about people who say, "Listen, invite more friends, then win bigger rewards," because that stuff has been played out so so long, and, and I, I'm never sold on those ideas. But I think from a social side of it, is that you know I, I like the idea that you put this in a campus, you do those things that where where social is important, and it's a good way to reach out to people that you don't know before, or that you haven't spoken to in a while, or that you're just cursory in 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 conversation. Maybe this this helps, but I always think that you know I always wonder. It's the skeptic in me in all of this kind of stuff that says, are, are they hiding a bad product by trying to get me to sign up with a whole bunch of people? But see, that's the thing. Like I, I look at it at the flip side, right? Like to me, you know, th these are exposure points that should be drawing more people in. It's a product sampling opportunity, yeah, right? Yeah. If the product is good, Sticky. and you get people there to to try it, to see it, to experience it. Uh, and then they love it. They fall in love with it. Then, th then you've done something. You know. You know. Right. So it's awareness here. making. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's how I look at it. Right. So it's. Um, you know, they have this other thing. I don't know. Have you seen this? The Flinch app. No. Yeah. So Uvu has this other thing called Flinch, right? Which is basically right. a, a, it's it's a game thing, right? So it's it uses their you know their video uh, video chat video streaming service, their Skype service, and they they partnered up with this this company called uh, Effectiva, I think it's called, it's like a uh, eye tracking, emotion tracking technology. Oh, so basically, it, it's a game where you know basically you're playing you know stare down or, or flinch with somebody right across this <laughs> network so i'm looking at you you're looking at me and you know whoever flinches first kind of thing right um you know but it's that same kind of thing it's like hey let's look at the quality of this video uh of, of this this service because we're playing a game on it right um you know, you know I, but i i'm gonna come back as a skeptic again is that um you know is this useful and, and I don't know if it is to me, and, and that's the, the problem, is that this is not something that I would ever do uh, because I'm much more of a person-to-person -person person as opposed to a screen-to-person. But I'm never going to call up. I, I see if you will never hear me call you up and say, hey, hey, Asif, let's play Flinch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, but but maybe that's just that's just because I'm in a different age category, a different bracket. No, I'm not going to do it either, right? But it, but it's <laughs> you know, at some point, do we you know do we get some exposure to to Uvu as a video service? Yeah. And then we sit there and go, hey, you know what? This is actually better than Skype. Let's start using this for a podcast. The challenge, and this is right? this is no, nothing against Uvu and the technology. I really like the technology. The challenge was when we were looking at this as a platform for us was that everybody already has Skype installed. And no matter what we do, no matter how much we complain about it, look at us. We're having this conversation. We're still Skype. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, then it's tied into every social media platform and everybody has it installed already that you want to talk to. And Skype is, you know, it's already there. So to entrench yourself, it requires you to think a little bit differently. Just like the JC DeCowell, uh implementation is that you have to not go mainstream like this. You have to think about, okay... Like, you know, Skype solidified itself uh, as an install for an install base when they partnered Microsoft, put, you know, a hundred million or a billion dollars into Facebook to become the de facto connecting, um, you know, face to face communication platform for Facebook. And that kind of that's that's a big install play. Right. Uh, because they had to have it installed in order to be able to use it. So when you, you got to start thinking like that, if you're Uvu, not these little cutesy little things like something like Flinch that will that will, you know, bring in some some non paying customers who, who, who fit that 
that demographic who are interested in, in playing f flinch. And I think that that's the problem here is that, you know, you're up against a hill. And I'm not saying that they're not going to, well, I can say this. Uvu's not going to unseed Skype. It never no. will. And it never will because FaceTime on Mac didn't unseed Skype. And, and Apple is the most valuable company on the planet. So what has Uvu got? And going down this path isn't going to help it. You get a whole bunch of students that are using it. It's great. They get into the corporate work workplace or they get into connecting with somebody else. Everybody has to use Skype. So they have to think of different ways. And maybe that's it. But, but drawing people in may be interesting for a little bit of time. But then when you say, hey, listen, let's Uvu, they're like, what, what is Uvu? Yeah. Oh, let's Skype, dude. So I, I think that like all of these companies, you take a good idea and this is a good idea. The technology is good. The challenge is you've got these behemoths with billions of dollars sitting in their bank account. So you've got to think differently. It doesn't mean that you give up. It means that you find a niche. You find a place that works better for this. And, and I don't know what that is. Maybe Uvu could be the face-to-face -face support tool in mobile that enables people to talk to a customer service rep more so than Skype does. Maybe they, they find that Maybe. niche. Well, I mean, now we've got Facebook with video chat too. So. Yeah, but like it just, it's, it's tough to play in this. So you've got to be a little bit unique. And, and I don't see that. So these little contests, that's great. They're like giveaways. You do this, you might get a bump, but it's your monthly average usage that, that you've got to focus on. And, and I don't know that you, they have the stickiness. So what will, what will compel me to do that? If it's a series of contests and flinch competitions, it's not really enough to make me want to come back. It's not, it's not against Uvu. It's just against go. businesses that think that these kind of promotions are going to have a lasting impact. You go like this, and then you come like this. And it's the same thing with something like Domino's that they'll get a huge PR rush as a result of what they're doing. And then nobody in their right mind, like, can you imagine? I, I can't imagine tweeting a pizza. If you tweeted a pizza or you participated <laughs> in this, we'd love it. to hear. Never done it. All right. <clears throat> okay. Now, next story. Oh, Asif. Asif, Asif, Asif. So say, say, say you're having marital challenges, right? Maybe maybe there's no intimacy in, in, in your relationship. Uh, this is the kind of stuff we're talking about on this show. But <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I don't know. How to, I don't know how to approach this delicately. <laughs> yeah, you you come here to learn about location, proximity, geo targeting, all yeah. that wonderful stuff. And now now starting in episode two hundred and thirty four, intimacy, intimacy issues. issues. Oh, yeah, we two guys two guys are going to be talking to you about intimacy right now. <laughs> and. <laughs> and it's 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 this is a, an interesting thing because I, again you ask why but uh, maybe this is a problem maybe this is something that you want to articulate maybe this is something that you want to let people know about but here is a a mattress um, by a company and I think that the way they they pronounce it is Dunlow Pillow yeah Dunlop Pillow Dunlow Pillow uh, they have something called Listen to Your Mattress and so think about a mattress with a whole bunch of sensors in it and I think you can paint a picture. And about intimacy. So they say, listen, uh, it, we will, we have this mattress that is actually a, um, it's called Listen to Your Mattress. And, and we have all these sensors in a mattress and we put the sensors in the mattress. And if we don't detect movement, say in the middle of the night, if we basically just, we monitor you guys, you and your spouse or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, um, and the, the use of the bed, ultimately what it is. And if all you do is get into bed and sleep, then you'll get a text message over a period of time once they've accumulated enough data to say, hey, listen, uh, make recommendations about maybe going out on a date or finding a restaurant and some some relationship advice and to rekindle the spirit in order to be able to make that bed bounce late at night, so to speak, if you get my drift. Wink, wink. Um, so this is a mattress with 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 sensors in it to um, to make sure that you guys are having enough sex. 
that's ultimately what it comes down to, isn't it? <laughs> that is it. So if you're not having enough and you want to bring that up as a way, you know, maybe order this mattress. You, you can go to listen to your mattress.com. You know, back in the day, you know, you watch like, by the way, I watched the final final madman, like, f- final madman. Yes. And, you know, so if you think back to that era, you know, back in the day, you know, you, you like, you, you know, you the big thing would be you'd buy your wife a, like a vacuum or something. Right? <laughs> it, was so right? easy. it was so easy back then. <laughs> it was so easy. It's like, here's a brand new vacuum, honey. Let's um, go to bed. Yeah, but but here, look at this, Rob. Now you can buy a mattress. You can buy a mattress that's that's going to get things going for you. Uh, see, if I just think again, right? Um, there's a whole bunch of challenges here. Like, <laughs> say, what happens if uh, you know you get notifications that says, "Hey, way to go!" You know, those two o'clock. Uh, you know, a lot of bouncing <laughs> yeah. in the mattress, and then you realize that you're at the office at two o'clock. What? Yeah. So uh, this could yeah. be a. a Look, I'm not I'm not one to give out advice, especially about intimacy, but this could be one of those things where maybe you shouldn't buy this mattress. I'm just putting this out there. Maybe this is nobody's business but your own, uh, or go see a therapist first. Don't buy. Don't try to solve all of your problems with technology. Now, if you want to solve it with technology, go get a WeVibe. It's a good Canadian company. They're like a multi hundred million dollar company. They have all of these great marital aids in order to be able to bring some kind of intimacy to you guys, uh, some from a distance. So do that. Maybe don't buy a mattress that broadcasts uh, when you're humping all over the internet. Yeah, or or you know you could be like Rob, go go get Careful an Apple now. watch. Careful Rob's now. got an Apple watch. Yeah, exactly. Get Boom. an Apple watch, and and he he can just use haptic sensors. He can send a little heartbeat. I can. You know, over to his wife. Yes. And and all will be well. The problem is with the Apple Watch, Yusuf, is that the only people I know that have them right now are men. So I'm sending my heartbeat to a whole bunch of guys. Here you go. Intimacy. I'm still waiting. I'm, it's, I'm like a week away, I think. So when I get mine, Rob, we'll be sending we'll heartbeats heartbeat all other. the time. We're going to do it. We're going to heartbeat each other. <laughs> so, back and so, forth. Funny. so funny. <laughs> uh, listen to uh, your mattress.com. Don't listen yeah. to rob.com. Okay. We got one more story. Uh, this is an interesting one. So th- this is um, a couple of hotel room aggregation companies going head to head against each other here. Um, so there's a company called. Oyo, uh, O-Y-O Rooms, Oyo Rooms, uh, and they had a launch event for uh, for launching their new app, um, and this is happening in, in India, in Delhi, and so they uh, basically had this, uh, you know, this launch event that they scheduled, um, just like, you know, Apple does their big launch events and whatever, Oyo Rooms, man, in, in India, had scheduled this, this app launch event, uh, and they had held this at the India Habitat Center in Delhi. And uh, so their 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 rival, this company called Zo Rooms, that's just Z O Rooms, decided to uh, kind of ambush them uh, during this launch event. So what they did was is they showed up at the same place. They had uh, created billboards, like just you know sort of signboards, if you will, um, that they had placed around the, uh, the the property, the you know the where, where this event was going on. And uh, so these these boards would be in the hallways, and it would it, things would say like "carry on for the good app" and download the great one over here. Uh, you know, it, it called you know from from Zoe Rooms instead. And then they had like you know people um, like they they had a hospitality suite. They set up their own press conference in the same hotel. Like it's just like crazy ambush marketing going on. Um, and, and it actually worked for them, like apparently. So like th- this was like, people were like impressed that they went, you know, to these lengths 
to uh, you know basically just cut cut their competition right out, you know, by uh, being you know being on site where this launch event was going on and and like like creating this in the face marketing campaign, you know, on site. Like this is just I, I don't know. Like who does this? I don't know. <laughs> what was that? It's like a, what was the term that we hated where you geo target your competition? Geo conquesting. Geo conquesting. This is like real life geo conquesting. Yeah. Those are the top 10 long stories, long form stories uh, this week uh, of the most innovative, most unique stories that we could come up with. Uh, this week uh, marks the fourth, fourth, fourth quarter. So one full year that uh, Thinknear, boom, sponsors of this story, Thinknear, love Thinknear, has put out the location score report. So they have a full year of data now where they can be re very reflective of, of what they're doing. And if, for those of you who don't know, the location score index is basically about how accurate ads are being displayed geographically based on where you are and where they should be. So if you're standing in front of an Applebee's, is the ad for Applebee's in, in, uh, in Midtown Manhattan actually uh, in front of you? Or are you getting that ad 600 or 1,000 meters away, which is effective, or, or maybe six miles or 60 miles away? So I actually had an opportunity to sit down with Chuck, who uh, wrote a great uh, piece about this um, uh, for the Mobile Commerce Minute, and we thought we'd just run that simply because Chuck's insights are great. Not that ours aren't, but you've heard us speak for almost an hour now. It's time to break this up with a little bit of Chuck Martin. Chuck, 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 and Martin talking about the location score index, location score report from Thinknear. Chuck, a year in, and we are still so far off on accuracy for location targeting in mobile. Yeah, well, the reality is in mobile, uh, as a lot of the viewers here know, location is king. That is when it's the right location. Uh, uh, think near by Telenav, which which we've talked about in the past here. They started measuring the accuracy of location a couple of years ago. I saw them first in January of 2014, and they did a presentation at a media post uh, mobile insider summit and I was just blown away by the presentation or by the data I should say uh, they found that uh, when the obvious thing is when ads are delivered to people when they're closer to a location like in a restaurant you know an ad for a restaurant it's much more effective and people open it obviously which made total sense uh, the bigger news I saw in that presentation was that much of the the information sent was not actually based on accurate location so for example at that time, 34% of ads were accurate within 325 feet, 43% were accurate within 11,000 feet, and 26% were accurate within six miles. I mean, six miles. Now, that meant many of these messages are missing the mark by literally by, by miles. Uh, and, and then uh, I, I talked to, to Brett Cohen, the VP of Marketing at Thinknear, and he said basically that, that the impact is not just about serving ads in the wrong location, it's about serving ads to the wrong audience. So you really hit, you're hitting the wrong people in the wrong place uh, based on that. So they just did their, the latest study that just came out, and the, the, the actually rate from this quarter to the previous quarter has not really changed a lot. So to, to give you a rundown, Accuracy right now, accurate ads sent on mobile phones within 325 feet, 37%. 9% are accurate between 325 feet and 6 tenths of a mile. 26% are accurate from 6 tenths of a mile to 6 miles. 18% are accurate from 6 miles to 60 miles. And 10% are not accurate within 60 miles. Uh, what, this, what this means is that 
54% of location-targeted mobile ads are off by more than half a mile. Uh, this, is, it, this is astounding uh, w when you think about it. Uh, and, and it's basically the, the data being used to target those ads is 54% off by more than half a mile. Um, and, and part of that in, in the Think Near report attributes it to location actually because the volume of mobile web traffic up. But that's really just part of it. The, the bottom line is that a lot of ads are missing by, by a lot. And Chuck Martin offering his insight into the Location Score Index. You know, um, when I uh, interviewed Lauren Hilberg, who is the president and the GM of ThinkNear, uh, for the last quarter's results, uh, you know, he, he, we talked about one of the biggest influences about this was people, companies, just adding location because they know that location ads are more valuable than traditional banner ads in, in mobile or ridiculous banner ads in mobile. So uh, he was saying that literally that might have an implication on the quality of location. And uh, obviously, uh, I mean, this is still a challenge. This is very much a challenge where 54%, I think, is the statistic that Chuck said, 54% of the ads are, are inaccurate you know, to the, to are not being displayed where they should be. So that's a crazy number. So hopefully we can get ourselves right um, and be effective. So ask the questions of your provider before you start to sign up with them. Ask them to see, ask to see their location history basically is what is what you should be doing. So they do a great service. We love what ThinkNear does with this location score. Uh, and so they got to keep doing it. And the industry has to embrace it. We have to get better at it to see if we just have to get better. Yeah, and, and I think you know what it, it's. Uh, it, I mean, what they've been doing is phenomenal. The data is fantastic. It's uh, you know we know that we need to get more accurate with this stuff, and so shining a light on it's really important. Um, but I think we're going to see a wave of these things. And one of the things one of the things I, I, I picked up from being uh, in, in the Asia Pacific region the last you know uh, couple weeks is that um, you know while we might have these things happening in North America, and we you know whether it's Think Near or you've got you know the Place IQ system or You've got, you know, uh, you know David Shim and and his group over there, you know, with with kind of like looking at it from a panel approach, you know, whatever it is that we're, you know, in, in terms of how we're tracking and looking at at, at this kind of data accuracy stuff, um, there's a need like no one's doing this in Asia yet, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and that's one of the things that that was evident to me is is that uh, you know we need to start to port some of these, uh, you know, this this way of thinking and, and, and this way of measurement and analytics over to some of these other markets as well. So, um, if you're listening, guys, get over there and and, and help them out because it's uh, there's a big need. Yeah, there's only a few devices over there, right? Uh, yeah, just one or two. Just one or two yeah. billion. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that uh, that'll wrap up the show um, for this week, episode number two hundred and thirty-four. I think Asif will actually be in Toronto for episode number two hundred and thirty-five. Yes, well, sir. Where we will endeavor to bring a comparable stories. I know that this was a good week, and they're always good weeks. These are great stories that uh, that Asif uh, accumulates over the week. Uh, so we'll bring you another ten stories next week for two thirty-five. Asif, enjoy your week in Toronto. Everybody else, we will see you next week episode number 235 of this week in location-based marketing later over and out